Hello there, welcome along to Sport and Life with me, Teddy Draper. I hope you're well. Thank you for hitting on the button. Really appreciate being here. Really appreciate the sponsors, supporters of the podcast too. Bang Nollison of Cheltenham, chief sponsors and Serene AV, their sister company. They are specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands providing solutions based around high quality customer service and installations. Check out Serene AV online. Go into the beautiful store in the courtyard in the Montpellier region of the town in which I'm recording the podcast here, Cheltenham, in the west of England. Or yeah, just go online, get a contact number for Jason Briggs and his fine team and they'll sort you out whatever is your home entertainment vision. Thank you also to Cytoplan, ongoing association with the podcast, food-based supplements we've been taking as a family for 20 plus years under the stewardship of my father, Dr. Mark Draper, who is a general practitioner, but also a micronutritionist as well as lectured in nutrition. Um, and if you want to go to cytoplan.co.uk, C-Y-T-O-P-L-A-N.co.uk, with the podcast, you get 30% off your first purchase, 10% ongoing with the code at checkout, Draper10R. My last name, D-R-A-P-E-R, all capital letters, the numbers one zero and the capital letter R. Now, if you ever wanted to hear a loved one, a lost loved one, maybe a grandfather, grandmother's voice, their life stories, their memories, just listen to it at any point of the day in your car, in your kitchen, when you're cooking. It's something that we've been exploring and have started a company to offer that solution, really, Attic Box Audio. I've been thinking a lot recently about my grandfather, watched a documentary about the Second World War. He was in that wonderful Geordie who moved to London at 14 and just his stories and his compassion and his insight and his mentorship. I would love to have his, his stories actually from, from his youth and, and growing up. And that's what we do through Attic Box Audio. I sit down with a member of the public for a couple of hours, go through their life stories, chiefly from childhood up to the present day. It doesn't have to be fixed in that order, but relaxed conversation. Find out more about that, drapermedia.co.uk. Remembering the free mentoring session we're offering with Anthony Asprey of the Whole Man Academy, five to give away each month in the show notes as well. So check that out. Anthony's a good man, good pro, and they're very experienced in this and charges good money. So I appreciate him giving the complimentary sessions with the podcast. All right, on to the podcast. Mike Mullen, BMW, BMX champion, and just a wonderful all-around guy. He went to my daughter's school, did an inspirational session with BMXs, uses it a vehicle to motivate and talk about character traits. And I love it. Perfect for sport and life. Here he is, the one and only Mike Mullen. Mike Mullen, welcome to Sport and Life. Good to see you. How are you today? Yeah, I'm great. Thanks, Ed. Yeah, very good. Thanks for having me on. No, brilliant. Brilliant to have you to have you here. And I think thanks to my daughter as well for connecting us. Zoe Draper at the school. She uh, she had you there as a, a day a day kind of motivational speaker. Tell us about a little bit about your background, what you're up to now, but but where you came from as well, because you're tremendously successful BMX. I don't know if it's racer or stylist, trickster. How how do you define it? Yeah, uh, it keeps well. I mean, I guess. Um there's two there's two different disciplines in bmx two sort of categories there's racing and freestyle um mm. and uh I'm, so i'm i'm freestyle really which is the sort of trick and the stunt side of uh of bmx and, and within freestyle there's different categories as well and, and my my category is the half pipe which yeah. is uh, also also known as the vert ramp so it's vertical on each side normally about 13 14 feet tall and um uh so yeah so i've, I've been lucky enough to have been a a champion a few times a world champion in an amateur master class on the half pipe and and a uk champion a few times as well so uh, 
yeah, it yeah looks, so, you say you say it's sort of modestly 14 feet or whatever but it looks terrifying when you because it's funny watching the videos of you actually because it looks so kind of routine when you're doing it you're bouncing up one side flipping over coming back down the other getting tremendous amount of air that it, it feels like quite relaxing to watch whereas actually you have to kind of put yourself in that situation and realize how terrifying it must be to to begin with when you start that i mean i presume you don't go straight into a half pipe but it's i suppose the secret is is being relaxed is it once you once you get to that level absolutely yeah and and like you know a lot of people do wonder or kids when i go into schools and i, I, I talk about my background they they say how do you start on the half pipe how you know because it's, it's you know 14 feet is a is, is quite far up you know it's like looking mm. out the you know upstairs window of your house really and then and then getting on your bike <laughs> dropping in so <laughs> so, so you, you kind of start just working your way up at the beginning but um but yeah once you get the hang of it and you get to the top and it does it is quite rhythmic um so it's quite relaxing and 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 the half pipe particularly you have to be um because it's it's so dangerous because of the scale that you have to be really um really switched on so you, you can't be thinking about anything else which is which is a you know one of the real benefits you're in the moment um mm. you're not you're not worrying about something else or wondering you know uh, who's watching what do i look like you because <laughs> you you know that that kind of fear that natural fear instinct just hones your um your focus and you're just totally using your senses you're running on senses using your spatial awareness to feel if your takeoff is right because because you take off vertically um if you drift away from the ramp you're going to land low and, and and lose your speed or potentially crash if you if you drift across the top of the ramp onto the platform you're going to catch your wheels on the way in and then and then you'll be on the bottom of the ramp <laughs> are, you, are you consciously thinking about those things or is that just kind of muscle memory when you're in that just being as present as you can to zone into it yeah i, I think um it's a bit of both, really. I think definitely when you're learning, and especially if you're learning a new trick, you're really conscious of, of where you are and, and you have a, a kind of an idea of, of where the, the edge of the ramp, the lip of the ramp, the landing um, area is. Hmm. But, um, but, but, but once, you, once you know a trick, it, becomes, it does become muscle memory and then, and then you can just really enjoy it. You can just relax. And I guess like lots of people in, in any sport, once you know your technique and you're, and you're comfortable, you just go into that flow state so um and 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 on the half pipe it's a bit like um when you go to the the playground and you're you're on a swing and you kind of bend and straighten your legs shifting your yeah. body weight build that momentum it's the same kind of principle and um when you when you pump the half pipe and you come down and you straighten your legs to pick up speed and then and the, the best part for me really is when you, you start to reach your maximum height and that depends on what level you're at you know so for some some guys it might be just getting out the top for the first time mm. just you know going above the ramp um some you know some if you're at a pro level it might be you're reaching 11 12 feet above the ramp wow. and then if you get a good landing there's the decision do i do i still pump <laughs> you know well, didn't you do the high didn't you do the highest it's on your website the highest air recorded at the download festival in 2006 what was what was that like Cause presumably when you're in bedlam and sort of like this hedonistic wild scene and you're having to be composed and and try and pull off something that has to be totally zen what what was that like what first of all what was the achievement and what was what was the experience like yeah well i guess um uh, thanks for doing your research by the way yeah you've uh, right, <laughs> got a great website people should check it out because it's it's very informative <laughs> oh thank you yeah well i guess I, i'm quite tall i'm i'm six one um 
and I ride, you know, a little kids bike. So I, I'm quite tall for a BMX. So, mm. but the 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 benefit of that, well, the downside is you, you fall off harder. Um, you got more leverage, but that the the benefit is more leverage. The harder you can pump the half pipe, so you can get higher. So the height has always been one of my strengths. Really, I can always, you know, get above. 10 or sometimes 11 feet so so yeah going into those high air competitions that that's where um i could sort of hold my own really and and and, mm. and battle it out with you know some of the top pros from around the world but but you yeah is that that moment like i just spoke about where you where you're looking for your highest air and a, and a smooth landing and if you can do that you don't lose the speed and then you've got the option to pump and add a bit more speed. And then <laughs> how, just... do they, how do they ma- how do they measure the air? This sounds a silly question, but from the outside looking in, you know, is there some sort of VAR technology, any sort of, you know, Hawkeye or something? How do they do it? Uh, there needs to be. There needs yeah. to be. There's, there's, I'm sure there's a few contests where I, you know, I edge someone else. But, uh, it, yeah. it, you know, it, yeah, we definitely need a, a little bit more uh, accuracy because you, you can measure. Some people have measured from the lowest part of the bike. Mm. um but then so you can do a trick which moves the bike up um but your your elbow might be lower than the bike so you know your your bike might be 14 feet but your elbow is at 12 and a half or so 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 but gen- generally they measure from um the bottom bracket which is where your sort mm. of cranks go through your your sort of chain chain wheel and your cranks and pedals okay um, that sort of as a central point on the bike um yeah yeah i mean and is it, that is it, that with uh, have they got like sort of sticks up the side that they then kind of look at horizontally to, to look at it how, how high it might be or is it kind of like the judge's eye, eye eye line or how do they how do they work it out yeah yeah so there'll, there'll be a height pole um mm. and uh measured in feet so yeah in bmx we uh we're still on old money really you know everything's measured in feet it's <laughs> still, it's still, it always is in sport though is it like football's yards and you know things like that so it's still in the imperial yeah. imperial measurements absolutely yeah i mean like you know 2.5 meter air doesn't sound as good as a 10 foot air you know yeah <laughs> so, well that like, being so, six being six feet tall doesn't sound as it sounds better than 1.83 or whatever it is in meters isn't it yeah, like, yeah 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 absolutely <laughs> so they, yeah they, they they kind of have a high pole and then um typically they they would sort of have a video and they you know they'd sort of freeze frame it to, to work out your highest point but it has always been a bit of a a bone of contention you know and i think you know <laughs> nowadays nowadays they have um if you ever see something called the x games which is, is it's yeah. a bit like the kind of um right at the top end of the sport before bmx was in the olympics um and they they have like a mega ramp now which is like a mm. double size double size quarter pipe so one end of a half pipe huge jump and a roll in and jump guys are getting like 25 feet above that you know which oh. is, it's insane really is uh, it- we, is the ramp? This is again a, a, a sort of lay question because I play, I did a little bit of skateboarding as a teenager. Is it the same ramp as the as the skateboarders would use, or is it a different different one? Generally, yeah, 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 the same um, the same size. You know, they used to have one for the skateboarders, one for the BMXs, but but generally, they you know nowadays they've arrived at a, a, a dimension that that works for everybody, and that's mm. normally normally on. Uh, a pro level it's about 14 foot high ramp with and and the top two feet would be vertical so yeah. so you'd have like vertical surface for the, the top two um i never yeah so i never got, got good at it there was a tiny ramp at a school near us actually when i was growing up in a, in a town called Malvern, and i remember going just trying to drop in on a tiny little uh ramp was was daunting enough so i can only imagine yeah. what, what it's like on you know for skateboarders and bmx's when you've got that huge vertical drop below you yeah yeah and it, it I, I i um i know the ramps 
I, I think I might have even seen that ramp in Malvern. I, I, I did travel around doing lots of shows and, and, and we've been to the Malverns quite a few times. So uh, a long time seen... ago, it was at Malvern College. I don't know. It was I didn't go to Malvern College, but they had one in the grounds there by the tennis courts. I don't know if it's still still there, but might probably not. It's like 20, 20, 30 years ago. So yeah, yeah. And, and those those small ramps, everyone starts on those, but they're really quick. You know, everything happens really fast. Yeah. Um, a bit like again in the playground if you go down the the toddler slide you know you're at the, you're down <laughs> you're moving you're you're off the end before you know it but the yeah. half pipe is a is a much bigger curve so it's a lot more gradual even though you're going at higher speed it, it's a more gradual sort of process so uh, it's not not quite so scary in some ways <laughs> yeah yeah no, well i suppose you've got a bit more time to react maybe at the, the other side i can see see how that would yeah. work tell me about the the sort of the being in the present moment, the Zen, the flow state, whatever you call it, in the zone, people say. Is this what some people prefer over mindfulness? We talk about meditation and sitting down and trying to keep present because a big problem for me the last year is I keep getting injured. Is I love five-a-side football. I love to go in for an hour indoors particularly because the ball doesn't go out of play and you're just constantly immersed in it. And for that hour, as tired as you are physically, mentally you feel refreshed from the experience because you are totally zoned in. For you, is that kind of what this is is sort of moving mindfulness is that is that how you define the, the feeling i think so i i, I really think so um <clears throat> i mean i my, my day job working in schools i'm on my bike all day you know i'm not on a half pipe but i'm i'm mm. riding and moving around and doing some small tricks and jumps but um even in the last few weeks i've not been on my bike and and i noticed that my my mental state you know I'm not quite myself um mm. perhaps you feel like this when yeah. you, you've not had a game for a while you just you can't put your finger on it but you, you just get agitated or you're kind of distracted or you're feeling stresses and and so and I, luckily this week I, I went for a ride on on Monday and um it was a bit of a struggle at first but then when I when I got into the ramp and I got the feel of it it was just like I feel great you know I just feel yeah. refreshed and, and and I think there's there's something in that, you know, whether it's in doing a sport or you have a, a yoga practice or just daily meditation or something, you know, something that's for you. Uh, really, you know, and that, that's something I, I do try to encourage children and, and staff as well, particularly in schools. I sometimes do staff like well-being workshops. Mm. Um, just make sure you've got something for you that makes you feel you and, you know, that is yeah. completely selfish in a, in, a, in a good way you know and, and how important is it to do something quite difficult as well because you talk on the, the website about you used it as a proxy to build courage resilience as a sport and you've been able to extrapolate that to other aspects of your life and your business which I find fascinating because that's partly the reason why I started this this podcast off the back of being a podcast host at Sky Sports on the boxing side I thought you know this is why are we still enthralled by sport what are the lessons we can take out of it and I think the challenge aspect because life can be a bit cozy and I'm not sure whether that always makes us happy. I feel like we need to sometimes face, you talked about fear, face fear. How important was that for you adopting BMX and, and do you feel for, for people now experiencing it for the first time or, you know, as they, as they grow in their, their experience of it? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, I, I was thinking about this earlier when, when I was, I was wondering what questions you might ask me and, um, and I was taken back to, being sort of 12 13 years of, of age and I, I would go down to the skate park and sometimes you'd be there by yourself trying a new trick and the, there's like a mental turmoil that you mm. go through um where you're just thinking should I do it should no yes no yes what if I fall off 
is anyone here to know that I've got her, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, and then, and then, and then there's just that moment where you, you, you put all that turmoil aside and just go, right, I'm going to go for it. I'm just going to um, find the courage to give it a go. And often you'd fall off and, but it wouldn't be as bad as you, you, you were imagining. And, and just going through that process um, of kind of getting used to fear, managing it, and then just finding like just five seconds of massive courage. That's, and that's one of the messages I, I use in the schools as well for um because it, it helped me to realize that a lot of fear is imagined you know mm. it's, it's kind of you know you, your, your brain's survival technique setting up the worst possible scenarios just in case <laughs> <laughs> but but they're not real you know it's, no. it's imagined when you can and you, realize... feel, you feel good after you face them as well don't you that's the thing i presume after you've pulled off a trick or you've you've dropped in as soon as you get that rush of endorphins it's it's a huge boost Oh yeah, absolutely. Because you you kind of feel like, and I, I've felt I've done you know skydives and bungees and all sorts of like it, things like that where you, you you feel like you've cheated death sometimes yeah. because you you know you, you're a survival instinct is is thinking you shouldn't do this. This is a bad idea, and then you've kind of overridden it, and you and you feel empowered because of that. Um, so that is a is, is what sort of I've spent a lot of my life doing, and the workshops in the schools. Uh, a kind of like a little taster of that so so I'll take kids through um just some really simple BMX moves um even from just going over ramps that are just a few centimeters high or you know or letting go doing a no hand or standing up yeah. on the top tube you know and, and then at first when I you know I, I explain this is what this okay this is our next trick and we slowly build up and the kids are like no no I can't <laughs> do it can't do it and and I and I have this um, concept in the assembly called the I can't door. Um, and just the, the I can't door is the fear door just open, mm. you know, and if you can kind of find that courage just to close it and follow the instructions. And then, and what kids find is that they, they do things they don't think are possible for them. And yeah. um, and, that, and that's the, that was the beauty of BMX for me, that it, it opened up that possibility for me, you know, it can help me to build belief. And, and so really at the end of the workshops, in the schools, I, I asked the kids, well, you know, who, who managed to close the eye can't or who did things they thought they couldn't do? And then it was just that idea of, you know, using your mindset to overcome the things yeah. that hold you back. So well, uh, it's interesting because you're giving that inspiration to kids, but I actually find my daughter quite inspiring. I don't know if you find the thought of kids quite inspiring. When you look, when you look at it and you watch their progress from, you know, 18 months ago, she couldn't do any maths at all. And suddenly she's doing 12 times tables. You know, it's eight, and you think, wow, you're, you're pushing yourself through the fear of the, the mental kind of inertia of not wanting to learn something new. Physically, she learned to ride a bike a few years ago. And that was, you know, nerve wracking for a period in the park, even you're trying to do it on the grass and things, but she, they're still pushing themselves. I just wonder how important you feel it, it is for adults, particularly when we get out of a academic structure that may be pushing us as we get older and we get into a job, which becomes routine. How important is it to seek out those those little challenges, those little things that that inspire fear and and as a consequence, courage. Oh yeah, that that's the big question, isn't it? Really, you know, because yeah, it's so easy yeah. to get into your comfort zone or for life yeah. and you, your day to day routine to, to take over. And I guess when you when you are a child, you know, I've got a daughter who's in year three as well. Um, oh, wow! And and, that, and so yeah, I, I can relate to that that progress that you see. And sometimes they'll shock you. And you think, wow! Mm. And how did you how did you learn that so? Yeah, fast? and they must be a little bit scared quite often at school. I think when they're pushing themselves, mustn't they? It's new. There's a lot of new territory. 
absolutely and and i think um i think when you're a grown up you know you forget that feeling don't you of of, of being totally new totally novice at something you know you're 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 you know you're just <laughs> you know you don't know what you're doing um and so you're out of your comfort zone um but but it's so important because that's what builds you i believe that's what kind of uh, opens up that idea of possibility mm. um so so yeah um i guess that as a, as a as a grown-up you've got all the other things you know like if i'm at the top of the half pipe now you know monday night i'm I'm at the top of the half pipe thinking okay right if i break my leg how am i going to pay the mortgage you know yeah. that kind of thing and then yeah. there are well, did you leave the, did you leave the hob on? That's what I always think about. Is did I leave the gas on or you know? <laughs> is that it, kind yeah. of like little ticks in your head? Did I lock the back door? Yeah, funny, stupid yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so, um, but I guess going back to that thing that you know, make sure you got something for you. Um, that's why I, that's why sports is such a great thing because there's always you know you can always improve your personal best or mm. get a bit fitter or a bit stronger. So there's always a you can always set yourself goals, can't you? And, and that are beyond your comfort zone or, or, you know, I'm going to do this, this fun run or this sponsored swim, or I'm going to yeah. climb Ben Nevis or something like that. And, and I think it's those, those are the, um, the rich moments in life, you know, a lot. And I, sometimes, you know, kids in schools, I, sometimes there's a question and answer session and they'll go, are you rich? Have you, have you got a Ferrari? <laughs> and I know yeah. no, this, this isn't, you know, BMX isn't like football or, you know, no. tennis. Formula One, it's, there's no money, but there are rich moments. And I think it's when you push yourself, you go for it, you try something that you're not even sure if you can do yourself. Yeah. And then you have that experience, you know, whether it works or not, that's where you you find those rich moments that you look mm. back on, you know. Yeah, it's, and It's funny the financial rewards, isn't it? Because it is a bit random in terms of what society values at any particular time because different sports have had peaks and troughs throughout history but how important is it to find something that that we just for even irrationally resonate with because i understand looking looking at your website again the story was your affection for bmx didn't wasn't sort of born out of a general sports enthusiasm it came from from watching et as a kid yeah 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 it's funny yeah um yeah i mean i'm I guess we might be from a similar generation, you know. I was yeah, 40, 41. Um, 41 now. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I'm a bit. I'm, I'm 46. So, but, mm. um, yeah, the eight in the 80s. Et. I remember going to my mum. I think took me to see Et. That was my first ever film at the cinema, and, wow. and I'm fascinated. You know, these they're flying on bikes, and <laughs> and then uh, and then yeah, BMX uh, Beat was a, a, a TV show that, that was sort of on in, in the school holiday sometimes, and it's it was mm. just. Wow, I, I was fascinated, and um, uh, but my my strengths, I, I've always been quite introverted, so I was a bit more um, into art and design mm. and, and and music and things like that. And so when I saw BMX, it was a bit like sport, but it was a bit like art as well. The cult, because... There's a culture around it, quite bohemian sort of culture, quite a cool culture around BMXing and skateboarding. It's almost together the the X Games sort of flavor. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And as a, as a as a skater yourself, you know, a former skater, you, you get. I, I, would, I wouldn't claim that I was a skater, but I did. I tried it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Though. I did get the magazines. I enjoyed the vibe of it. I enjoyed the yeah sort of it was associated with it with a feeling, wasn't it? A lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and especially especially um, back then, I think it was a bit. I wouldn't say I don't want to say like anti-establishment. It was just it was like alternative. You know, it was something different. 
and there was a you know there was a way of dressing and there was sort of music and a style and, and a, just a kind of relaxed way mm. of doing things and that and that, I guess that appealed to me and, and I ended up making a lot of friends uh, who are still friends to this day from early teens who you know kind of understood that culture and helping each other because I guess one of the things that perhaps your your listeners might not know about BMX is that there's not really much of a, a structure at the moment no. and it's oh, Olympics now as well. Is it in the Olympics now as well? Because Ben Shriver yeah. and Carl White got medals, didn't they last last year? That's right. Yeah. So that that's yeah. And the racing and the free, freestyle came in uh, in Tokyo for the first time, and mm. um, and so now uh, because yeah, Declan and Charlotte won won medals in the freestyle, they uh, th- there's a bit more funding, and there's a Nash. There's been a national series this year, um, so there's a little bit more structure. But but before that there was not really any structure and, mm. and um it it became a case of uh riders would put on their own events um so my wow. my kind of as my role models would would put on their own jams and competitions and you go to them and, and they'd be i don't know be, I, I guess it'd be a bit like going to a concert you know of, of, a, of a great band but when they were in their early stages <laughs> it's just that that raw energy that yes. excitement and um and that was really addictive and, and it, it kind of inspired me and my friends to put on our own events um and just you know create really and, so, and so almost business skills came from that that you now use to to run what you do with the, the website i guess and the, and the school visits absolutely yeah yeah just, just realizing how you put things together how you you know how you might market and get you know the publicity to, to attract people and this is before you know the internet and, and social media so it was a lot, a lot harder you know it was like uh you know, posters, you know, photocopied at Ryman's and stack <laughs> around different yeah. skate parks and stuff. But um but yeah, we so we we learned to uh to put on our own events and, and to to realise that you can create possibilities. Promoting you, you can, yeah. you can yeah. do it, yeah. And then and then uh, and nowadays I, I actually I run uh, the Vert series, the half pipe series in the UK. So it's all those skills I learned, you know, as a teenager of um you know, building ramps or setting up events or, you know, contacting sponsors to get prizes. That Those are things I'm doing on a bigger scale now um, just to, yeah, keep the Halfpipe series going. That's, I love it. And talk about the culture between BMXing and other forms of cycling. Are they seen as compatible? I know Sinead Reid was a track cyclist and a BMXer, wasn't she? Is there any crossover there or are you a BMXer or a mountain biker? Is there kind of divides between them or do you see yourself generally in the, the same family? Yeah, I, I, that's a great question. I, I think um, looking back, maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago, that you know, you were one or the other. It was, it was, you know, and, and, and mountain bikers probably didn't like BMXs, and BMXs didn't like mountain bikers or road races. You know, so it was very much, um, you, you know, yeah, I'm in this discipline and that's it. But, but there are crossovers now, and there's definitely uh, quite a few aging BMXs like myself. Uh, who have decided, you know, uh, I'm going to move into like downhill mountain biking, or there's yeah. this new kind of newish kind of bikes called gravel bikes, and a lot of BMXs are sort of getting oh, into cool. that. And and I think it's really nice because it's not a case of you've got to send it and at, you know risk really getting hurt. You can still be on a bike and have fun, just zooming around and uh, and getting those benefits, getting those health benefits, you know, physical and mental. Um, but I don't, yeah, I think there's a bit more blurred lines now. And so, so Sinead, yeah, she, she, um, 
yeah, she was a, a BMX racer, so had a lot of mm. power. There's like that explosive power that you have at the start of a race that kind of puts you in the lead or or not. And um, and so I think that really helped when it went to the velodrome to to have that kind of explosive start to just get the edge on the competitors. But um, yeah. yeah, who? I mean, who knows? Yeah, lots of crossover. Yeah, lots of crossover. You can imagine. You mentioned the health aspects there, and you are going strong. You're giving your your age away into your your mid forties. How how do you preserve yourself? Have you got any health tips? Because we kind of have quite a lot of health guests on the podcast. Anything that you swear by? I don't know if you're a stretcher or anything nutritionally that you do. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm I'm pretty much uh, I've been veggie for about eighteen years, and okay. um, I, I I wouldn't say I'm. I'm plant-based completely but I, I try and eat you know I try and avoid dairy um mm. and uh I, yeah stretch every morning I, I I love a bit of yoga um but I just did a bit this morning actually just to sort of uh, get nice. you know it keeps, keeps me flexible it also kind of keeps me centered as well so yes so yeah just try, try and eat you know quite well and uh and, and and just keep stretching um a few weights here and there but um but yeah, leg, leg, leg weights mainly is it or you know, squats um, and things like that. Or... Yes, yeah, yeah, squats and just, just, just sort of some, some general uh, whatever I can find on YouTube really that's that looks interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good for you. But, uh, yeah, well, I mean, just ride, riding a BMX is is quite an all all over workout because you know you you're pedaling, uh, so you're using your leg muscles, but you're using your back muscles and your arm muscles to lift and twist, and and, and so it is quite quite a good workout. Um, awesome. it's, it's not so good on your lower back, you know. You do tend to yeah especially a tall you know, guy like stuff, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah riding little bikes you get like a you know a lot of a lot of lower back pain and on the half pipe a lot of the force comes through your mm. spine as you come down but um yeah that's where the you know a few yoga stretches really help and, and not, yeah. not limiting beliefs that you can't do things it's interesting as people get older sometimes i think they just close a chapter don't they if you get injured playing football people say oh you should too old to play football and i was like 39 and i was thinking well there's a guy who's 66 who's playing with us he goes in goal a lot but still he's in his 60s i think people shut parts of their life down maybe too soon absolutely yeah yeah i mean i guess it's cliche that age is age is a number but um some something i, I talk about in schools uh is the learning pit so and it's it's a sort of it's a bit like the hero's journey in, in any movie yeah. or song or whatever you know and, and you know you, you try something new and it doesn't work out and you sort of you know you head down the pit and you, you get to the bottom where you're frustrated you feel like it's never going to work but the people who kind of master something or if you look back at anything where you've had that struggle but you've persevered and you've you've figured it out and just found yeah. yourself back out of the pit and that that's the that's when the deep learning happens and 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 the the, the resilience builds you know so so i think um the people who sometimes have those stories oh, i tried that or i got injured they just they've just stopped their journey at the bottom mm. of the pit you know and, yeah. and not carried on they and that that excuse has been convenient enough like, oh yeah no, <laughs> too old uh, my, yeah. foot, my foot was never the same after that yeah, yeah. and you're like well you know maybe you could do a version of it or adapt yeah. and, you know so there's that valley like, there's that valley of doubt you have to push through once you start so yeah it's, a, it's an interesting one Value of doubt, yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. because you have that initial success in something, don't you? You have a steep ascent when you start learning it. It seems to come quite naturally, and then there's a period where you feel like you're not making in in lots of walks of life and a little bit of progress, and then you realize if you keep going and you watch other people drop away, you think, oh yeah, that that was worth it. But it was actually it it became quite easy after that period. But it was just that kind of that learning process. You have a a bit of a lull. But Mike, I love it. We could we could talk all day. 
What about how people get involved with, with you, though? If anyone's listening who's affiliated with a school, maybe teacher or part of the the PFA, they, they call it confusingly at my daughter's school, which sounds like the Professional Footballers Association to me. It used to be the PPA <laughs> in my time. But how do, is it the best route? Is the website or social media? Where, where's best to get uh, yeah, the, the, the website has probably got all, all the info. So if any sort of uh, teachers, head teachers, PE leads, um, you know, have a look on the website, just pmxacademy.com um, and all the info's on there. And, and, and I've got guys that I've, I've trained up this year to do the same thing in, with scootering. So I've got scooter world champion oh, cool. and uh, um, inline skating champion. And I've known a lot of these guys for for, for 20 odd years and I've traveled and, and done lots of shows with them. So um so I know they're, they're kind of on the same page. They've got that same kind of understanding of, you know, of, of the growth mindset aspect. Um, but yeah, yeah, the, the website is the best place. Uh, I'm on a few social medias, but they're, you know, I don't keep them as up to date as the website generally. No worries. We're doing, you're doing a lot, Mike. I appreciate it. Thank you for coming on Sport and Life. Keep in touch. Uh, you're welcome. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Teddy. Best- Good man, Mike Mullen there. Check out his website for sure and get your kids' schools to look him up as well for those sessions because they're fantastic. My daughter raved about it for weeks. And Although she's a keen sort of cyclist in the local park, certainly not a BMXer, but it resonated with her. And some key things there I think that I enjoyed. I don't know what you made of it, but I think the concept of courage, which I believe is a big reason why we like fighters, MMA, boxer, whatever it might be. We like sort of their stories, that ability to get in the ring when you get the knock on the door, ability to walk out there. And similarly in the BMX, dropping in 14 feet, trying to pull off those stunts at high altitude. Fantastic, really, in terms of the courage. And I think we need to sort of show that courage. Don't we need things that are a little bit difficult just to keep us mentally kind of confident and feeling a sense of momentum. At least I do. Let me know what you think. Rate the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, tell me, send me an email through drapermedia.co.uk, whatever it might be. Those reviews do seemingly count, though, in gathering a bit of force and, and momentum behind the podcast. So appreciate those as and when you can do them. Thank you for being here. Thank you to the sponsors, Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV. Remember, if you're looking to optimize your immunity, association with the podcast and Cytoplan gets you 30% off their supplements. First purchase, 10% ongoing. The code at cytoplan.co.uk is draper10r, my last name. D-R-A-P-E-R, all capital letters, numerals, one, zero, capital letter R. I hope you're well. Shaking off a cold myself and hopefully on the upsurge now. We shall see. I don't want to talk too soon. Uh, Thank you also to Anthony Asprey for the complimentary sessions with the Whole Man Academy. Check those out in the show notes. And if you're looking to and intrigued maybe by the idea of Attic Box Audio, me sitting down for a relaxed conversation with a member of your family to get their treasured thoughts and memories on tape then please let me know i'd love to hear my granddad's stories about being a painter and decorator in london being in the second world war all the wonderful things growing up in the northeast frozen ice on the inside of the panes all that kind of stuff miss that miss some of the detail it gets blurry so if you're interested in that idea attic box audio via drapermedia.co.uk thank you for listening to the podcast have a great week bye for now Mm -hmm.